We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a tech-savvy royal family. Yes, yes, ever since the palace became Wi-Fi enabled, it's become so easy to use the Name Your Price tool on Progressive.com. I do agree, my queen. Simply telling it what we want to spend and seeing all our policy options, I'll send a screenshot to Duke. The Duke of Kent. No, my friend Duke. We're in a group chat together. LOL. It's easy to find insurance that fits your budget with the Name Your Price tool at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm a Chelsea fan, so oh, it works go. out. You and Mike have yeah. been on quite well, then I'm glad. Oh, I'm well, glad I'm not getting yeah, tagged yeah. in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, you... so we can both be pissed about, you, uh, <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> about how Mourinho is handling the team together. Right, exactly. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. 
And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. Normally, when you hear my voice at the start, uh, we're talking about Major League Soccer. But tonight, uh, we are discussing the English Premier League. And Mike Gottlieb is not with us, but I am pleasantly joined by Hesh Hambazaza, who made his Rotowire debut this week with his new Opportunity Watch column. Hesh, welcome to Rotowire. Hey, Andrew. Thanks for having me. It's a really honor to be here. Uh, I loved this piece. Uh, I said to you before the podcast, and I'll say it now, that I think it was one of the smartest things that we've had, certainly in the soccer section, uh, ever. Um, Thanks. Just the, the, the analysis was great. Uh, I thought it was all very clear, uh, and I'm a sucker for graphs, so having four of them only only uh, increased my love for it. But um, <laughs> that's well, you know, that's 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 all I was trying to do. I was trying to get an invite onto the podcast. So well, you nailed I figured, it. So there I figured you go. I figured if I, you know, you mentioned something about graphs, I thought, oh well, then let's throw more. <laughs> well, you you got it. So um, <laughs> the. The basis of the article is, and really what the column I think is going to be for a while, mm-hmm. is you know guys who are either overperforming or underperforming, and what stats we can use to find who those guys are. And it's a very uh, simple concept that has uh, no simple answer. And we've yeah. kind of discussed off the podcast just how you know you can get, you can learn from the numbers, but you're never going to make a full fledged decision based on you know yes. Harry Kane is going to get better because these are the numbers that say it. You know, it's obviously mm-hmm. these guys are human and it's sports, so it's not it's not that easy. But there are certain numbers that we can focus on at least to give us a better opportunity to to score some some fantasy points. So, um, f- of the stats that you used, which one do you f- consider to be the the most important one? The most important stat that I use is really just I mean, it's touches. Um, when a guy's getting lots of lots of touches and lots of opportunity, that to me, you know, you can't shoot the ball if it's not a, if you don't touch it. Mm-hmm. So you can't pass the ball for an assist if you don't touch it. You can't cross it if you don't touch it. So the basis of all that, it's kind of it just boils down to that. The guys that are getting the more touches, the that's those are the guys that are going to put up the more the more stats and the better and the better stat lines. And to delve into it deeper, the guys that are touching the ball closer to closer to the, to the opponent's goal are the ones that are going to give us the stats we care about, uh, especially for fantasy. So, um, yeah, it's one of biggest, those, you, you, yeah. you don't want to oversimplify it, but that is what it is. I mean, the guys yeah, who are I mean, closest to the goal and touching the ball are probably the ones who are going to score. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to, you know, obviously there's, there's cases where guys like, uh, like, uh, Santi Cazorla will not, will not touch the ball, uh, close, you know, he touches the ball about, uh, um, you know, uh, twice twice as much as anybody else on the Arsenal on Arsenal, but only a third of his touches are closest to the goal. And then you wonder, you know, why why isn't he getting more assists or shots? And it's because he's he falls back too much. And on, on the on the contrary side, you got guys like uh, Alexis Sanchez, who's doesn't touch the ball as much. You know, he touches it probably about uh, you know uh, about forty to fifty times a game and. 35 of them are right up against the goal or right. he's dribbling and, you know, making and getting and getting a lot of touches and a lot of shots and crosses. Yeah. You wrote an article uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was an article or yeah, it was on Roto-Grinders. It was an article on Roto-Grinders and I had noticed a lot of talk and I, and I can't remember who was saying it, but 
I noticed a lot of a lot of the uh, touts, I guess, or the or, or the people who were guessing what's going to happen up. I think it was week. I think it was match day six or seven, mm-hmm. and everybody was saying, "Oh, you know, something's wrong with Alexis Sanchez. He's injured. He's playing tired. He, you know, he doesn't look right." And I've been watching the games, and it, he didn't look perfect, but he didn't look washed up either. Sure. So I started looking into the numbers, and I noticed that he had, I think at the time he only had one goal, and on forty shots, something like that, and which is I'm not even sure he had one. I think yeah, Did he, he have may not one? have had a goal. I, th- okay. I th- no, I think I think he had one goal at the time when I wrote the article, okay. and and he had scored it the first or second week, and 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 at the same time, you know, uh, Aguero was going through almost the same thing, but he but he but he had fewer shots and fewer, fewer opportunities, and everyone was saying, you know, you know, this is a weird year. We got Riyad Mahrez scoring lots of goals, and we got Vardy leading lead, lead, leading the the goal scorers, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Leicester's going through like crazy and. And all these, you know, uh, Diego Costa, uh, Aguero, Sanchez are just not scoring. So I started looking at the numbers, and I noticed that Sanchez isn't doing anything different except the shots he's taking just aren't going in anymore. And I don't think it through. I don't think it was through any fault of his own. Maybe it was. Maybe it was just the opponents he, were, he was playing were giving him tougher shots. It's hard to really quantify those. Uh, but ultimately, we I found that he was due. I mean, I hate to use that terminology. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's due, but if you shoot the ball enough times at at the goal, eventually some of them are gonna are gonna get past the goalkeeper. Yeah, I think and people are, use use the do uh, argument when guys are just struggling, and mm-hmm. he wasn't necessarily struggling. As agree, we basically found out it mm-hmm. was more that he was unlucky or or the opponent you know opposing yeah, goalies yeah. were playing fantastically. Uh-huh. Exactly, I I treat it a little bit like um, I guess it's I guess it's similar to baseball. You know, I, I I don't know if I don't know if the listeners pay attention to baseball or not, but you look at you look at a stat like BABIP, batting average on balls in play, and and if a guy is hitting the ball really, you know, he's hitting it well, but he's just not getting on base, it's eventually eventually those eventually those those balls are gonna are gonna start dropping in a spot where 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 the batter can where the batter can get on base, and in this case, it's just a matter of he's shooting the ball, he's getting a lot of passes he's getting a lot of opportunities but he's just not scoring any goals and those eventually it's going to translate uh and do you want to tell do you want to tell everyone what happened after that i think he scored five goals is that (laughs) was that right the next game or was it was it that game that he scored five or scored four uh yeah sanchez alexis had uh, a hat trick and okay that's right yeah alexis had the hat trick and then the next week after that aguero had the had the five goals right um, and the, what what I didn't tell people at the time was that even though I wrote Alexis up so much, I ended up uh, minimizing my <laughs> exposure to him oh. because I, I I started doubting myself in the last minute. I said, "Well, I kept saying this, and I even sent a tweet out: Hey guys, I'm taking Alexis out of most of most of my most of my lineups because I'm not 100 percent sure this is the week that's going to happen." And I ended up with only one out of seven or eight lineups on DraftKings and. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> I think uh, it was not it was not a good week for me, but I had a lot of people tell me that they did really well. So there you go. That was that was good. Yeah, I think uh, Arsene Wenger kind of hinted that he was struggling with something, but it was one of those so off the cuff that you couldn't even really read anything into it. And yeah. It seems like he plays him through little issues anyway. They you know mm-hmm. they came back from the international break, and he said he had a little bit of a hip injury and. You know, he was perfectly fine after the break scoring against Watford. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm one of those guys who takes very little stock in what the coaches say. Yeah. Um, you know, perfect example of that was uh, uh, Mourinho last weekend talking about who's who's going to replace Ivanovic, and he mentioned all those guys who are going to play on was it the right side. Yes. Yeah. And he didn't mention Baba Rahman. Yep. And I was th- sitting here thinking, you know, he could if he, if he already he already said Athlequeta on one side, so that means why not move Baba to the other side now? And I started looking on Twitter and I saw it could have been Mike or you. One of one of you guys mentioned that same exact thought. And I thought, okay, at least at least I'm not the only one thinking this. <laughs> but coach speak is coach speak. It's the same in in all sports, I think, and especially especially with the, with the EPL. I would say I would even put Mourinho speak in a whole different category than than coach speak. But I think I think Mourinho and Popovich and a couple of others and probably Bill Belichick can all get together in a room and and talk for three hours and nobody would get anything out of them. <laughs> Great, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Mike has been railing to move Aspiliqueta uh, <laughs> to the right side. I think for he looks about a year and a right half. Side. Well, he he's, he's mean, a right sided, you know, he's a right footed mm-hmm. player. So yeah. You know, it's one of those um, I was chatting with Mike earlier today when the uh, Chelsea lineup came out because uh, Rockman did not get the start today in their mm-hmm. Champions League match. Yep. Uh, Kurt Zuma did. And it was like, OK, well, obviously you would keep if you're going to play somebody out of position, you would just put Zuma at left back so that as could play his his more comfortable right back. But instead, mm-hmm. as went right back to the left and mm-hmm. Zuma started at right back. And um, while they did get a clean sheet today, they also didn't didn't score themselves but see i think i think i think that's that's exactly what what happened i like i said i didn't get to watch the game but but just looking at the lineup and then seeing uh i you know i glanced at the numbers real quick uh after you know after the game was over just just to see where 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 the where the where the players were where the distribution of touches were and where mm-hmm. shots came out of and it felt it seemed like uh Athlete all the all the good he did in uh, over the weekend was gone when gone. he moved to the back back to the other side. And I think Chelsea looks way better with him with him with him playing with 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 him playing his natural right side. Yeah, totally agree. Mike would. Uh, I'd probably have to cut Mike off at some point because he'd be <laughs> um, so frustrated about it. But uh, one oh, yeah. one guy that is um, on one of your charts is mm-hmm. Dimitri Payet, who has been one of my favorite players this season. Yes. And it's kind of incredible how good he has been. The mm-hmm. one thing that worries me is seeing five goals on 17 shots, which... That's... I don't think he's going to be scoring a whole lot. Yeah. Like, in the, in, in, the, in the coming time, like, you know, you know, we're, you know, we're coming up on a period now where, I don't know, I haven't looked at a schedule and uh, uh, that's coming up, but... Kind of like what you said, five goals and seventeen shots. That is a significant amount, or that's that's really good. That's incredible. Right. Um, if you try to trans, okay. So I looked at a lot of players, like you know, world class players, uh, the Ronaldo's, the you know, uh, uh, you know, all uh, over the last fifteen years, I think. I like this was this 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 was a pet peeve of mine. I was trying to figure out what is. What or oh, sorry, I meant a pet project. It's a pet project of mine trying to figure out what is what what should an average goal, you know, a conversion rate be yep. for a for for a superstar striker for the next year under. And uh, a guy like Ronaldo for his career is about is about twenty percent. Mm-hmm. And you can and you can argue that he's one of the best, if not the best, in history. And uh, and of course, there's 
people all over the spectrum will argue one way or the other. But uh, just use him as an example. If he's if he's averaging twenty percent conversion rate, which is goals divided by shots, uh, Dimitri Payet at five five out of seventeen, that's going to go down. You know, he's going <laughs> to that's over over you know sample size comes into play here. Uh, I can I can see him taking fifteen more shots and only scoring one goal. Right. The, to average it out. The the player that I immediately went to to compare him was um, was Riyad Mahrez. It's perfect. Yeah. Who has five goals as well on twenty five mm-hmm. shots. So mm-hmm. eight more shots for the you know the same number of goals and even that twenty percent conversion rate is high. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's what started me to to worry that um, that we're not going to see such such production out of Paye, who. Uh, on the list that you have is is crossing the ball a significant amount versus mm-hmm. uh, everyone else on the list, which isn't yeah. isn't terribly surprising. But it's the goals that really have made him kind of an elite fantasy option this season. That the other thing too, I think, to consider is while those goals have come at a high conversion rate, uh, he has had a lot of kind of you know a play breaks down and he's the guy who rescues them out and kind of uh-huh. finds uses his skill to score goals. Mm-hmm. Those guys end up end end up with a higher conversion rate anyway. But they also go through large droughts, right? You know, compare him to a guy like Messi, who, well, Messi's. I, I actually no, I'm not. I'm sorry to everybody. Listening. <laughs> I'm nev- never going to compare anybody to Messi. It's 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 just uh, okay. Compare him to someone like uh, uh, I guess Eden Hazard, maybe in, in in the Premier League. You know, where where they're both skilled. Yeah, I, I think I I think Hazard is a bit is a bit more skilled than him. But Payet, I think, is right up there in terms of talent. And I'm just, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure if he's, I'm just not sure if this is, if this is a case of him facing bad opposition and taking advantage of it or using his skills to score more goals. And the, the sample size of 17 shots is real small, mm-hmm. but kind of like what you said, uh, that's, that's, that's probably going to change soon. Yeah. The, the table that you had that I noticed it in was uh, the one you had of the top 15 players of mm-hmm. touches in the final third. Yes, he is yeah, fifth, yeah. which uh-huh. um, is a very decent number. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other guy that um, I was surprised on the other side was here was Jesus Navas, who um, gets kind of a rough uh, reaction from a lot of people um, mm-hmm. if they are not just depending on crosses, because we all know that's basically all he can do. Yeah, um, I believe there was a game earlier this season where Opta had given him credit for 20 crosses and he was unsuccessful on every single one of them. <laughs> um, I missed that one. But, but he is. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Right. But he is fourth in in, chan- in touches in the final third because he's able to just fly down that right wing yeah. and send in crosses. But um, the. The issue that I have with with a guy like Navas and or excuse me. I, Navas is the reason I have a problem with this chances created stat. Okay. Um, because, uh, every, you know, we, we have kind of talked about how not every chance is equal. Is equal. Uh-huh. And to just kind of generically lump chances created in that a lot of his crosses theoretically are, are chances. And, you know, whether they whether they're actually good, you know, a completed pass into the box is not necessarily a chance created if you're passing to somebody who is 
you know, surrounded by four players. And so I think, yeah, I mean, I mean, chances created is really the way Opta does it is it's key pass plus assist. Right. And the key pass is a pass that should lead to a goal if the defend, if the, if, if at least the way I understand it, it's a pass that, that should lead to a goal if the teammate puts a foot or head on it, you know, gets and, and get, or, or at least it, it should lead to a shot on goal. Right. And, should I agree. <laughs> should yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're we're talking all theoretics here. Yeah, we can we start looking to consider what is a chance that's created and and how and how do you how do you differentiate between a good chance and a bad chance? I agree. There's no there's no meaningful statistical way to really break that down and and come out and say, okay, you know, out of his out of uh, Navas's uh, twenty chances created for the season. Eight of those were good chances where he gave it to somebody who knew what to do with it, like 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 Aguero, and not right. and not to Fernandinho. You know, right? That's another <laughs> great know? point. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you pass the ball to Aguero. That's different from a pass to to uh, to I don't know anybody else on your team. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's and it makes a difference. You mm-hmm. pass it to Yaya outside outside the eighteen. That's different from passing it to John Joe Shelby outside the eighteen. Mm-hmm. You know, one guy, one guy will fire at will. One guy will think about it and then maybe probably fire at will. Right. Um, but that's, but that's, that's definitely, that's a very good point. Uh, you know, I've, I've used chances created as a blanket uh, way to assess whether or not a guy is getting lucky on assists or not, or whether or not, but it's not, it's an incomplete stat. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's missing a lot of, a lot of information that you just don't get unless you're watching the games Yeah. or, or maybe even, I don't know, there's, I'm sure there's something out there that tells you who the pass went to or something like that, or, or chance, you know, chance created for kind of like you mentioned, I, I think we talked offline about, I this. was just about to bring that up. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you mentioned in your, in your piece that Harry Kane uh, mm-hmm. should be due. Um, he's taken 32 shots so far this season. He has one goal, yep. which actually trails Philippe Coutinho has 39 shots in one goal. But, uh, <laughs> Anybody who's listening here probably knows that Coutinho is well known for being a little shot happy, and whether regardless of where he is on the field. Yeah. Whereas I think Kane's mm-hmm. shot selection is a little better. But uh, you kind of noted that, not kind of noted, you did note that uh, if Kane got better service, uh, mm-hmm. he he would have more goals. And yeah. where so that that's what sparked this uh, mm-hmm. our, our talk offline yeah. about whether. Why isn't there a chances created for? How many chances ha- have Spurs actually created for Kane that he has been unable to to uh, well, convert? I would guess it. I would guess some somewhere at least at least around thirty two, based on how many shots he's taken, because he's not really a creator for himself. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he relies on somebody getting in the ball. He's not. He's not. Uh, He's not going to dribble the ball through through three defenders and 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 spin around and take a shot. Right. right. He may try. He's not going to do it. Uh, but but the other thing I think is I noticed this in, the, in their very first was were they against Manchester United in that first game? Yes. Yeah, against Manchester United, he uh, he looked very tentative, and I think and I and I and I always I always hesitate to bring in emotional psyche and things <laughs> and things like that when I'm discussing numbers, but. Uh, just watching him play, I think I think there was a lot of hype about Harry Kane, especially after he got his first England call up, uh, and he, he, you know, and he still hadn't scored for England at that point. I think he scored since then. I think yes. it was against, yeah, uh, against it was one of those 
small small games that England won six nothing I think yep. uh, but you know at that point he hadn't really scored any goals he looked very hesitant and then on top of that uh, 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 the Spurs had lost like I think I think Christian Eriksen hasn't hasn't been playing well and I think now he's out and uh, and and everybody else they put they put in place just hasn't been good mm-hmm. they just haven't a lot of guys who just can't uh, break down defenses he doesn't have a lot of guys in his team who can who can who can run without the ball or to or or, or to or, or to open up play wide and that's really what he needs he needs somebody else who's got who's got who's got that skill like like Erickson or he needs somebody who can who who brings who brings the ball out wide and I I I mean I think I th- I think I think it'll get better as 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 the season goes on you know he'll I think I think they'll all figure I, I think they'll all figure it out and he'll he'll find his way around 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 the the goal again and I think it's close. Yeah, um, we had uh before the season started we kind of discussed where we thought he would finish goal wise and mm-hmm. we kind of always or I at least always had to kind of make it clear that thinking that he was going to reach 20 goals again was essentially uh, expecting something that happens so incredibly rarely mm-hmm. particularly for a guy who you know it's not like his first year in the premier league was because he spent three years scoring 35 goals in in spain i mean this sure. guy literally came out of effectively nowhere, nowhere mm-hmm. to score all of these goals and then expecting him to do it again um but there was just there's just no track record for that and yeah. that doesn't mean it can't happen but the odds were very much against that happening and uh, we had John Wallen from Taga on, and he kind of made this point that Kane is a very tall player, but he's not big. Mm-hmm. And for how much he played last year after, again, not being used to playing that often on, on the you know the highest level that he can play in, um, you know, you just weren't going to get there. And so at this point, if you think he's going to reach 15 goals on the year, you know, you're talking about 14, or 14 more to go in mm-hmm. 29 games and yeah that's a that's a heck of a rate i mean that's jamie vardy for an entire season <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's and that's the kind of thing that i don't think i mean he's not going to reach 20 goals i thought i think i remember listening to that podcast and i think at the time i, I thought he's his his ceiling or his floor is probably about 10 goals and i thought his ceiling would be around 15 goals mm-hmm. you know that's if he had the perfect season this year he was going to get 15 goals um, if he, you know, with a, with a, with a bit of hiccups, kind of like what kind of like what we've seen so far, and the season's young. It's only it's only a nine nine games in, I think, right? Are we, is, are we yep. just past week nine? Just or, past yeah, nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so he's only nine nine weeks nine nine games in. It's there's there's still plenty of time for for them for them to you know if he if he goes through a run right after right after the break right after the winter break and he scores he scores a goal or two every other week. That's going to get him to ten goals, right? So that's that's about where I think a bad season for him would be. And I think so far they're not having a good season. Uh, I did, you know, our conversation just 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 sparked up me to look up on who scored what the you know uh, his teammates and how they've been passing. Who scored has 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 some stats on there, like tells you about accurate, uh, you know, you know, long balls and short mm-hmm. and short passes and the accuracy of them. And there's not a single uh, midfielder on his on his team that has more that has uh, higher than thirty uh, percent accuracy in terms of 
in terms of short passes. <laughs> That's no good. Yeah. So. The and it's. <sighs> And it's it's a matter of and I think I think that's what ends up happening. You know, they start they start trying to play around. You know, you know the defenses that they play against them end up end up end up closing in on on Kane. You know, they'll double him or something, or, and then they'll and then they'll force uh, uh, the Spurs to try to try to try to play. You know, you know long balls or through balls to him, and he doesn't have the pace. He doesn't have the I guess it's agility. I guess to try to to try to you know outrun or outpace some of the some of the faster defenders, and I've seen teams do that where the, where they've put the fast defender right on him, mm-hmm. and kind of like what you said, he's tall but he's not big. But uh, if you look at their schedule over the next couple of weeks, uh, let's see where did I just had that up here? It's promising. Some, some great listening here. <laughs> <laughs> the. The issue that I have with him, I, I've always kind of made the point also that he's very right-footed dependent. And yes. I feel like every single goal that we've seen him score is with his right foot. And I know that that's not the case. But he's he just always seems to be very heavily that way. And I realize that players have dominant feet. But mm-hmm. he just seems particularly uh, overly compensating for either not having a left foot or he's just not comfortable going that way. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Okay, so so next week they're playing Bournemouth, and they are they are a slow it down, pack it in team. So I don't think, I don't think that's the week that ends up with him uh, scoring, scoring. Although you know what, now now that I'm saying that, <laughs> he's he's probably going to have a goal in <laughs> at, at Bournemouth just 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 because I don't think he's going to have it. He's going to be very heavily owned everywhere because of that matchup, though. I yeah, people well, well look they're at playing that. on the road, and it's a, it's a Sunday game, and there's four games. Oh, on short Sunday. slate too. Yeah, it's 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 actually bigger than most Sundays. It's, yeah, it is. it's got four games. Yeah, although one of them is a seven uh, a.m. Eastern, or yeah, or yeah, it's an early game. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, he'll probably be heavily owned just just because of just because of everybody doing you know everyone's going to take him. Though you got you also have the Manchester Derby that day too, so. Yeah, with That's, no no Aguero or with with no Aguero, Liverpool's and, no possibly no Sturge, no Benteke, no Ings. Yep, yep. That's no. They've yeah. got they've got who's who's the young guy on uh, on, on Liverpool? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's I can never pronounce his name, so I'm I'm glad you just said that. I was fully uh, convinced it was Origi, <laughs> and I heard people say Origi during Origi. the during the yeah um, <laughs> the, the, broadcast. the broadcast last week. Although English pronunciations have never been the most accurate either so <laughs> yeah i've there's there's names that i've known how to how to pronounce you know just because i've either spo- spoken to someone who speaks language or a language that i'm familiar with and i hear the english announcers pronounce it and i'm like right. nah, it's not right not even close yeah <laughs> yep. you completely missed that <laughs> but yeah he uh i don't know i i don't know how he gets there is the way i'm looking at it it's i feel like we're not necessarily watching a player mm-hmm. like we were watching sanchez that had just been unlucky although i will give Kane a, a little bit of credit that he has lost out on goals a, a few mm-hmm. times to some very good saves. Yeah, he but, has. And that's that's the kind of thing that got me thinking as well about Sanchez. I you know I saw a few uh, great saves by keepers against Sanchez and I thought, okay, he's he's due. This, yeah. is, this is coming. Yeah, I, I almost wanted to see instead of shots or goals per shot, goals mm-hmm. per shot on target. But even yeah, that is not... Like the the way I look at it, 
and it, I, I tend mm-hmm. to think of it when uh, when I'm playing, you know, DFS soccer because a guy will essentially, you know, barely get ahead on a ball and the goalkeeper just happens to be there and catch it and like, well, that's sure. a shot on target. But yep. like that's that's not a legitimate chance. Yeah, exactly. Um, but and and then that kind of spirals down. Well, that was a key pass and it was a chance created mm-hmm. and you know, that yep. it, it wasn't really a a, a good uh, attempt Well, but how goal. often how often do those happen though? I mean, so if you try to think how often how often does an event like that happen? And I agree it happens you know, enough enough that we notice it. But I disagree that it's going to eliminate our ability to judge shots on target or key passes. Sure. Yeah, or, I, yeah, I agree know. with you on that. Yes. Uh-huh. I just yeah. uh I wish we I wish we had more more. Uh, Opta <laughs> gives us eighteen thousand stats and I wish somehow we, we had more of just uh I just wish there was a better way to, to to, to actually figure out all the stats they give us. I mean, that's the thing. There's so many stats. And I, can, I, I, think I, I think there was a week, an entire weekend that my wife and kids were out of town and I just sat with a laptop and, and <laughs> went, through, went through all the Opta feeds I could find and just searching through, okay, what's out there? Let me understand this better. Yeah. That's, that's when I started getting into it more. And, and I, the only stat I found at the den was touches in the final third and I thought, this is perfect. This is what I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. They do uh, touches in the box too, I believe. Do they? Um, oh, or missed that one? Yeah, uh, they certainly do shots in the box, so yeah, that um, that may help a little bit. But yeah, I, I, I guess the the difficulty I have, and I adore stats, uh, mm-hmm. but I just feel like each each scoring um, opportunity, or even even not even that, just every goal, is so unique that. I'm not sure we're ever really going to be able to quantify. And you should. And soccer is very such a, I guess it's such a dynamic sport. You know, you know, there's tons of movement all around, all around, all around the field, and everyone's running in different directions. And there's misdirection, and then and then you see coaches, coaches trying to, or managers, I guess, trying to adjust things on the fly, and players using skill and. Not everything is planned, and sometimes you just kind of, you know, ad libbing as you're going, and numbers can't quantify that. Right. The it's mm-hmm. the name Raheem Sterling just jumped out on my computer, and he is a he's one of the examples I've always had of a guy who I've stayed away from because he actually does get. I I, I have a number of mm-hmm. excellent chances that are created for him that he's unable to finish. Yep. And Last weekend, he had a hat trick because he was able to finish some of these chances. So that game was on late two nights ago, or maybe it was last night. Could I was be. watching that game. Yeah, it was. I think it was last night. Mm-hmm. It was on. It was on NBC Sports again. Uh, I, I think they were, they were they were showing a replay, mm-hmm. and that two of his goals, two of his three goals, were shots that were fired by another player. The goalie just didn't hold on to the ball, and he just happened to be there and flick it in. Yep. And that's Raheem Sterling. <laughs> he's not he's not going to you know he will every once in a while he'll get he'll get he'll get the nice play kind of his second goal was was that where he yes where where he dribbled past two or three defenders and waited he bit his time and finally took the shot and made it in the goal but most of the time he's just kind of waiting around for something to fall fall in his lap yep I'd say there are plenty of times where the ball then hits his thigh and goes, uh, you know, out of bounds. Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> or goes or goes into in, directly into the goalkeeper's hands. I mean, yeah, he's. I don't like taking him. 
you know, and I don't like I don't like rostering him in my in my in my DFS teams. I uh, we were doing the IFSA IFSA draft early, like before the season started, and I I stopped. You know, when Sterling came up, I thought, well, I mm-hmm. wonder what how he's going to do in at City, and yep. started bidding, and then I then I stepped away. Then I bid eighty million point eighty million dollars for Aguero, for and now he's out. And well, I think I scored. I think I scored <laughs> three points last week. The I, the preseason conversation we had surrounding Raheem Sterling was mm-hmm. whether he or Memphis Depay were going to be better fantasy producers this year. And you could argue that both of them have been colossal disappointments so far, even with Sterling's hat trick last weekend. I think so. Yeah. The, you know, I was really, I was really excited about, about Depay. I, I went, thought, I thought, uh, I went back and forth on, on both of them that I said, you know what? I think Depay has legitimate 10 goal, 10 assist upside. And then I went the other way. I said, well, Sterling's going to have all the space because Silva will create it for him. And, you know, uh, opposing. And that was before De Bruyne came. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, I just, ever since I finally saw Sterling play, you know, a regular season game with City, I said, there there's just too many different options on this team that he's not going to ever have the upside that Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to pay to get for him, which he obviously did last weekend. But if you lost eight weeks in a row and you happen to get the ninth one right, you're not really that right. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, variance comes into play. And, you know, you, a guy who's, I'll give him one thing. He's, he runs around a lot. And yep. guys and guys that move around a lot end up, eventually will be in the right place at the right time. Just, you know, just like, just like a, you know, blind squirrel and a, and a broken right. clock. And, and I'm not saying Sterling is either of those things. I'm just saying that he's got, he doesn't have the kind of skill that you expect from a guy who cost how much was he over the summer the transfer? Fifty million pounds. I think. Fifty million pounds. I was going to say that, but I just wasn't. Because you be couldn't believe guy. it could possibly. Yeah, be that high. it's. I'm still. I'm. I'm still in disbelief. Six months later, I'm still in disbelief. Yeah, they. The, the two things that he had going for him was that he's English, although he's really Jamaican, but he plays for yeah. the England team and yeah. he's you know twenty. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So and, arguably, yes, we haven't seen the best of him, but this. Mm-hmm idea that he was going to become I'm not sure there was this idea that he was going to become like an elite goal scorer yeah but that price you better be getting somebody that's elite at something and I'm not sure he is I don't think he is he's not he's not tracking back on defense and making a difference there he's not he's not distributing in a way that makes his teammates you know that that puts his teammates in a better position to score goals or to uh, or to or to open up space he's Pretty much taking up a roster spot most 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 games, and every once in a while he'll do something that causes that gives that you know kind of like a hat trick this past week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the sheet that he or the table that he was on that jumped out at me was that that same one that touches in the final yeah. third. Uh-huh. Yep. Which yeah, that one that one there. He has two hundred and eighty-seven touches in the final third, which is eleventh um, in the league. But it's yeah. only on 460 touches, so that actually goes right to your point that he doesn't track back because, mm-hmm. you know, m- way more than half of his touches are in the final are third. In the final third, which is great if you're a striker. You know, if you're right. if you're the guy who's playing the the very tip of the arrow and you're and you're you're the guy who's being counted on to score the goals for your team, that's great. But he's not that on his team. Right. Aguero is that guy on this team. And I think that's what ultimately always held me back from him is that he wasn't going to play centrally, mm-hmm. and. 
Aguero was going to be in front of him. So yeah. where where was this, the the significant upside was that he just that he was going to be in the right place at the right time when Aguero had his shots miraculously saved and Sterling was left with an open goal. Yep. Which theoretically could happen ten times in a season, but it's, it's unlikely. Happened four times so far. <laughs> right. But so so the issue is is well, that if he's a twelve goal scorer, he's already a, a third of the way there. And yet we yeah. have thirty twenty nine matches to play. So he's another one that there's just not an upside. Yeah, I mean week to I mean four out of eighteen shots, you know, he's he's getting he's getting his opportunities in terms in terms of shooting. And I think he's been helped a lot by Aguero missing missing some time. He's mm-hmm. missed two games early in the season. Now he's out again until for another month, I believe. Yep. And that's 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 definitely going to help him. Um, I think he also he's also helped by by De Bruyne's arrival. Without Aguero, with Aguero, he's he's hurt. And then when, then without Silva as well, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, right now right now Manchester City is hurting. They've they've got they've got plenty of guys that are sitting out. They've got. Uh, very few options up front outside of uh, Raheem Sterling and and uh, and uh, De Bruyne. You know, Yaya Torre is going to have to push a bit forward. If, is Silva back? Is he still out? He's know? still out. Yep. He's still out. Yeah. Boney looked good. Boney looked really good. You know, I almost forgot about Boney. Yeah, yeah Boney is the guy who I actually think is going to is going to really take advantage of uh, of Aguero being of Aguero being out. And uh, did you did you see that uh, story about Boney having uh, malaria, malaria. Over, the, uh, over the summer? <clears throat> yeah, it was the and explanation of why he started so slowly. That can, well, I think I think I, I think I think I started seeing it that he apparently contracted it in uh, in uh, like in January or February. He was out for a while and then mm-hmm. kind of just been slowly fighting it, and that's why he he looked really bad. Hmm. That's right. And now he's apparently he, recovered. And... Yeah. Now he's yeah, scoring. He's goals. over it. He's he, he he's out to prove that he's worth the money. Right, right. He I think will hit his price tag. I'm not sure about Raheem Sterling, but um, I yeah. You know you know what I'll do next, this next next few weeks. I'll let everybody else jump on jump on the Raheem, the Raheem Sterling bandwagon. If he scores hat tricks every week from 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 now until Aguero's back, then so be it. I'll, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let everybody else make 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 that mistake, and I'll go with the simple options. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially since he keeps being uh, classified as a forward, which he mm-hmm. is, but he was always, I, I believe he was always kind of uh, classified as a midfielder when he was with Liverpool, which made him a little more playable. But, yep. um, you know, if you put him in a forward spot, you're basically giving up the possibility for a guy who may have a little more upside. Exactly. Um, speaking of putting him in a spot, I'll, I'm going to ask you this question. I think we'll probably finish up after this, but okay. um, how... Do you build your lineups? We'll, we'll focus on DraftKings this week, but hmm. um, it's kind of the question I've asked a lot of the people that we have on here that are DFS players. Yeah, because you know there's obviously a, a myriad way of of building lineups. You know where you start, how you you know whether you f- find your values first or you say I I want to get this guy in my lineup and then I'll build around him. So mm-hmm. what's kind of the first thing that you do when when you build your lineups? You know, a lot of people will tell you that you know you shouldn't go up and you know you know from from the very start goalkeeper, defense, midfield, forward, and then fill out, fill out from top to bottom. That's actually almost always what what I do, and I'll always start off and I'll I I always try to get guys that are, that are going to correlate. Uh, I like I like players that are going to 
feed to feed others. I like players that if they do well, then then their teammate has a good chance of doing well. Um, I'll start off with a goalkeeper usually, and then and I'll pick a defender along with him. And uh, ultimately, what usually usually actually what, what ends up happening is I'll have myself a list to start off. You know, uh, I'll have a list of two two or three players at each position, and I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll rank them in my head. At least on at least on pen, I use pen and paper, and I and I'll rank those guys. And then I'll try to build my team as best as I could with those guys only. If I have to venture out, then I'll reluctantly try to try to try to expand my list further. But uh, um, I go for guys that are good. I go for guys that are going to take lots of shots and, are, and that are going to and that over the last two or three games have touched the ball a lot uh, for for their team. Kind of like what I said, touches are up. Touches touches are what leads to opportunities, and I try to get the guys with the most opportunities in the game. Obviously, game script plays plays into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't want to take guys from uh, a remote team uh, that's 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 not expected to win. Uh, I I usually try to for, you know you know for a for a a cash lineup like a, like like a head to head game or a fifty fifty game. I'll try to do I'll try to do uh, uh, all 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 players playing at home. That's usually that's that's usually a focus of mine. Is I don't like mm-hmm. taking players that are playing away from home. Unless it's unless it's you know a significant uh, player who I can't afford to to not to not to not roster, kind of like uh, Ronaldo or something. You know, mm-hmm. if Ronaldo's playing away from home, if they're playing uh, a weaker team like like Malmo, I'll, I'll probably put him in my team just because I can't afford to not have him on there if he scores two goals or three goals. Yeah, yeah, that's same. He's not. He, he's one of those guys who could do that. The mm-hmm. two or three goals where we don't always have the uh, yeah those guys in whereas, the Premier League at least. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like for example, uh, Jamie Vardy, uh, he's not a guy that I would that, that I will take away from home, even though he's had success so far this year, mm-hmm. and uh, it's probably cost me a little bit in terms of in terms of uh, tournaments. Uh, this actually, actually, this actually, this uh, this 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 past weekend when Leicester was playing Southampton, uh, I was very very close. I was debating between Pele and uh, Jamie Vardy, and and ended up going with Pele just because he was playing at home. His team, his team was 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 more favored. To, uh, I guess Southampton was 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 favored over Leicester. Yep. Leicester, when the team sheets came out, Mares wasn't even on the team, yep. so or it wasn't starting. So I thought, okay. Vardy's going to be hurt by playing on the road. He's hurt by by not having his chief supplier, of uh, you know, uh, from from one side, and the guy who gets all the attention from 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 the defense. Pele's got uh, Mane, and he's got uh, uh, Tadic yeah Tadic and everyone else on that team. And he's gonna he's, he he should have his opportunities. It didn't work out that way. <laughs> I did the exact same thing. If it makes you feel yeah. any better or worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's no, it's it was the right play. I, I I still stand by it. I had somebody argue with me on Twitter about it, that that this was that that um that you know, it was the wrong play to take to take Pele over to over to, over Vardy. And I said okay, you can, that's fine. Yeah. I'll I'll take it this I'll take it this week. But I'll but I'll make that decision. You know, nine times out of ten, and it should work out. Yeah. It just happened to be the one time that it, <laughs> that, that it didn't. <laughs> How many goals do you think Jamie Vardy finishes with this year? How many does he have right now? Nine? Nine. Uh, 14 is my guess. Wow. 
I think I think I think he slows down. I think Leicester has had a very lucky run lately with you know start of the season with an easy schedule, and I think I think you could have predicted that Leicester would have would have looked good early on. Mm-hmm. They have you know they haven't they haven't had too many tests so to, so to speak, and they've also gotten really lucky coming back from four or five down down to nothing yeah. in a row now or something you know it seems it's it's crazy i keep i keep watching them fall down two goals to nothing in the first half and and then and then climbing back and scoring scoring an equalizer in the 90th minute or what's what seems like it do you think he so, finishes with more goals than harry kane yes i do oh, okay because i don't think anything's going to change for harry kane i think harry kane struggles to get to double digits he'll probably get there but i think i think it'll be you know Scored it. Scored his tenth goal on the in, in game week third thirty eight. Thirty eight, right? <laughs> yeah, in Fair the ninetieth minute. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on a penalty that a, that wasn't deserved. That wasn't like, deserved. You know, that's right. Yeah, so we'll give him one. That's right. <laughs> Uh, well, that was excellent. On that note, uh, we're going to end this week's episode of the Road to Our Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Hesh, thank you very much for for thank coming you. on. I think, uh, like I said, I think this article is going to be really, really good. A must read. Um, we're hopefully. Hopefully, getting it up every Monday. Um, uh-huh. Just in, uh, yeah, I'm hoping from here on out, it's going to be a focus on uh, current. You know, I'm 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 not going to look look as much as at the, at the theory behind it, like like I did this week. Yep. Because because I think we've established that now. From now on, I'll just look at see who's doing who's doing well and who, and who's who's on the verge of of uh, of a uh, of a jump forward or a regression. Yeah, I think that's. So. That's perfect, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I actually do have one final question before I let you go. Yeah, go ahead. Do you fade Ronaldo tomorrow? <sighs> no, I believe he's at fourteen thousand. Fourteen thousand. He's not. He's not. He's not expensive enough. Uh, when he, call him, call me when at, he reaches twenty thousand. At PSG. <laughs> yeah, twenty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> well, it really depends on the value. Yeah. Right, it depends on who else is around there. But yeah. no, at fourteen thousand, well, that's, that's his problem. Isn't still, it? No I'm, bail. I'm still considering no. him. Okay, I love it. I love uh-huh. it. All right, thank yeah. you again, and uh, we will be back later this week uh, to talk about game week ten of the Premier. Thanks so much, Hesh. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotawire.com slash soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life. If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.